0: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Janine Vitz And I'm Brad Gray. And we had a wonderful conversation yeah. with Chris and Hannah. I loved it because I just feel we need more joy. Yeah, right? I agree.
2: I, I, I think... The joy is the thing that's going to convert the world. Honestly, I think Pope Francis has focused on, on that repeatedly, and I think, you know, I, I've mentioned this before that, you know, we're in a, in a kind of information saturated society, right. and I think a lot of times arguments just don't do anything for people because they can find all sorts of other arguments to and, and data and whatever else to back up <laughs> to whatever position argument, they want, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, but the thing that's that you can't escape, you can't get around, is someone that actually is just marked with a joy, that a love of life, in a in a culture that's so largely depressed right you know it's so we we seek to self-medicate we seek to distract and divert and to entertain and amuse and and in the midst of it all we're just miserable and and seeing someone that's joyful i think is just it's 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 like what's going on you know i I love the um i mentioned to you in the break that that the quote of i think of saint Teresa of avila who said god save us from long-faced saints like those saints that are just pious and rigorous and you know, I, I think that that mark of joy is just so critical.
1: It, it is, and and it is. It's what attracts, and that's what mm-hmm. attracted in the early church and in the early Christians, it was their joy and love and compassion for one another that attracted those that didn't believe. And so it's so vitally important for us to not be long-faced Christians on this journey. Um, Of course, we have rules in the church and that's supposed to bring joy, but we need to start with God's loving mercy. Right. We have to,
2: it has to be the coming of Jesus right. that, that really infuses us. And that's what we're, we're in Advent right now. It's all focused on this coming of Jesus, this parousia. And we have Father Brian Gross from the Diocese of Bismarck on to talk with us now about Advent and about Christ's coming, but perhaps in a way that we don't always think of. Good morning to you, Father. Thanks for being with us this morning. You bet. How are you? Fantastic!
1: Oh, we're, we're so excited sure. for you to join us, yeah. Father. Um, wow. Advent. It's already the third Sunday in Advent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to help keep get us up to speed with this final <laughs> stretch yeah. that we're in.
2: So, Father, I, I know you've been on the, the radio before, but for those who are not familiar with you, can, can you just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself?
0: Sure, yeah. I'm from the Diocese of Bismarck. Um, I've been a priest about... A over twelve years, um, and I'm a pastor up in the oil fields uh, in Watford City and uh, a Par- uh, Watford City Epiphany Parish, hmm. and Our Lady of Consolation um, in a town about twenty miles from Watford uh, called Alexander. Hmm. So I've been here about ten years.
2: Great! Then you've got your your parish feast day coming up in about a month, then or so, right? With Epiphany. That's right. Awesome. Yep. All right, so Father, yeah. during Advent here, we talk about the Parousia, uh, the the coming. Well, let me. Let, why don't you unpack for us? What does Parousia mean?
0: Yeah, this, you know, very simple, quick definition. It, it means uh, the second coming of Christ, um, and so the Parousia is when Jesus uh, returns at the end of time and uh, gathers all things to himself, separates the wheat from the chaff. Um, you know, those who have received. Uh, their judgment of, of having loved God, received God, in relationship with God, um, all received their eternal reward. Um, and so, yeah, the Pharisee is the, is the coming of Christ at the end of time, and so during Advent we prepare uh, for those two comings of Jesus, uh, the first obvious coming at Christmas, but mm-hmm. we're, we're constantly also being pointed towards that second coming when Jesus returns at the end of time, keeping that very much in mind. And it's crazy to think that that second coming could happen, like while we're on the phone, yeah, right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: you
3: know, Like
2: that's, that's come, what Lord we Jesus, believe. come, Lord Jesus, Amen. Amen. Yes, I just uh, one of the things that I, I've been struck by, especially this year, Father, is you know it, just kind of the seamless nature of the liturgical year. Like through the liturgical year, we kind of live out the entirety for one thing, of the life of Christ, but we also live out in one in many ways the 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 life of humanity, the, of human history. We go through that all in the course of a year and, and culminates with Christ, King of the universe, right? At the, at the end that we, we are, are drawn into this fact that in the end, in the final analysis, Jesus is Lord and he's going to be Lord and all will recognize him. And then, uh, and then we move into Advent, this beginning of this new liturgical year, which kind of starts at that point, like all the readings are about for these for this first period of Advent are all about this second coming of Jesus that he's going to come in glory and that he's going that all nations will will stream toward him and that you know all wrongs will be righted and so on um, and so it kind of just seamlessly moves from one liturgical year into the the new one um, and then we will shift over on the seventeenth to more like the immediate preparation for the coming of Jesus as a baby but um, so we... we A lot of times in Advent, we'll think about the future coming of Jesus, and then we'll kind of move into the past coming of Jesus. But a lot of times we kind of forget about the present coming of Jesus, that Jesus comes even now, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, we always talk about, you know, the saints speak of this. There's always those three realities of Jesus' coming. He, He did come, he continues to come in our moment, in the moments of our life. And then that second coming at the end of time. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about Jesus coming into the world in the day and age we live in, in those moments where we're praying, et cetera, we obviously think uh, about the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. Um, That the the substantial presence of Jesus, body, blood, soul, divinity, in the Eucharist. And uh, as we kind of experience in our own lives, those day to day, maybe distances from God, our own sins, the Stuff we struggle with, anxiety, doubt, all of it, you know, the stuff our family, our friends might do. Uh, we can always go into the church, uh, attend mass, adoration, you know, make a genuflex for the tabernacle, and you know, there's the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's uh, quite an amazing truth, reality, right now uh, that we get to live,
3: yeah.
2: And it's, I mean, it's, I think of his promise as, as he ascended into heaven that you know, I will be with you always until the end of the world. That that uh, you know, Jesus. Didn't leave. I mean, he he ascended to the Father, but he remains with us in in his body, uh, in his blood, in, in the Church, in the Eucharist. I, I I love the way the phrase that I heard of the three comings of Jesus: the coming in history, in mystery, and majesty.
1: Yeah.
2: You know the, that historically he came as a baby. Uh, he comes in mystery through the Eucharist, and comes in and will come at the end in majesty as as King of the Universe.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, Father. Yeah. Father, can you actually unpack that even a little more? Like, how is the Eucharist, you know, it's not a repetition of Christ's coming, but rather an eternal presence.
0: Yeah, so, you know, many ways we could talk about this, but um, I think when we look at Jesus dying on the cross, that that happens, you know, as you said, Brad, it happens in a moment. In time, mm-hmm. but the Lord is able to apply that outside of time,
3: mm-hmm.
0: right? So, so you know, we we just celebrate the Immaculate Conception and we pray in the prayers of the Immaculate Conception that Mary is not immaculately conceived because of anything she did. It's because of the future uh, act. Right. It's a consequence of the future act that Jesus will will perform, and so we even see there at the Immaculate Conception that that God is already envisioning what will happen. He already sees, and, and you know that whole. That whole discussion about God's not in time and we're in time and you know, mm-hmm. that that gets into a whole other thing. <laughs> but yeah. when we look at when we look at uh, when we look at the Eucharist, um, you know, it it connects us in every real way to that moment of Christ dying on the cross because it's a representation. Uh it's it's the Lord applying in that moment what it is that He did in our time two thousand years ago, right? And mm-hmm. of course then we get into the discussion around when we go to mass, you know all the saints, all the angels, um, those loved ones, our friends and such that have gone to heaven, they're all right there because Jesus is right there, and um, you know we can actually have dialogue and, and relationship with the entirety of heaven when we go to mass. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, we can go on and on about it. It's just it's an extraordinary, extraordinary reality, you know, and um, right. Our hearts need to be open more to that.
2: It can be a very comforting one, you know. I uh, I experienced yeah. that between my two oldest daughters, we had a miscarriage, and you know it, that's a mm-hmm. very very hard thing as a parent to experience. But then that reality that actually every time I go to mass, I'm there with her. Mm-hmm. You know that that I while I don't ever get to like physically concretely see her in this life, I I've, I'm spending really all of my life alongside of her, um, and and it's going to be this great revelation along with, of course, the beatific vision in, in the end. But uh, but to encounter this person that's been with me, kind of in a hidden way, uh, but especially every time I've been to mass, it's 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 profoundly comforting in that context, especially. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and every time that we receive the Eucharist at mass, it's almost like we actually ourselves have one foot in heaven, right? I mean, it's right. uh, it's so beautiful.
0: Yeah. the The interesting sometimes too how. God doesn't seem so concerned with making our senses, experiences present.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: We, you know, that that's, you know, when we have a friend come over or something like that, or, you know, we see our spouse in, in those best moments of, uh, of marriage, um, you know, we're like, I'm excited, I, I have these feelings uh, of being with this person. Um, but sometimes we don't, you know, and so mm-hmm. the Lord the Lord is very, very interesting the way he does that with us. That mm-hmm. um, you can receive the Eucharist and, and go back to your pew and, you know, your, your 10 year old and your eight year old are punching each other in the face. Mm-hmm. And that's it. right? <laughs> <You
2: know?
1: laughs> We're done for the day.
0: <laughs> and, and yeah, you know, and
2: yeah. Heaven didn't seem Lord, to open up and yeah, no voices people. heard.
0: Right. So, no, it's it's it, there's such a there's such a depth of mystery um, and reality at the same time. Yeah, uh, that is we need to spend so you know just pondering before that. Yeah,
2: you know, I think it's profoundly wise that God does that. And imagine that God does something wise. But um, yeah. but I mean, if he if it had been something where we we you know actually experienced him you know emotionally every time, um, it, it would be very very easy. Uh, in, fact, in fact, I might even flip it the other way, that it would be all, virtually impossible to not have it be about me. Hmm. Like, like I go to Mass because it feels so good. I go to Mass because I experience this, and it's really not about the one that I'm encountering so much as it is about the experience that I'm having. You know what I mean? And it, would, it, it could be a, a massive obstacle to actually encountering Jesus if he gave us the kind of sensation of encountering him. You, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. When I, 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 when I, hmm? I, I'm sorry Father We're going to have to go on a quick break But I think on the other side of this break I would just love to unpack this more Because I think there is a lot of spiritual pride in the world mm-hmm. and, and we just need to have this humility And this awe That what God has given Is giving us And so we're going to take a quick break But on the other side of the break We'll be right back with Father Brian Gross Thanks so much for joining us
0: This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.
4: Have you ever worried about someone's salvation, especially one who died by suicide? I'm Father Chris Alar. Sometimes the state of their soul seems to cause us fear for their eternal fate. They die in what seems to be a hopeless state of sin and unrepentance. However, Jesus says in 1698 of the Diary of Saint Faustina that what looks hopeless to us is in fact not so. He says that many times the soul illuminated by a ray of his final grace turns to him in the last moment to receive complete forgiveness of all sin and punishment, although we see no external signs of this. Wow. We can see why Jesus said that divine mercy is mankind's last hope of salvation. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Hi, this is Dr.
1: Ryan Sapo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. In addition to eye exams for children and adults, LumenVision provides custom contact lens services for patients with keratoconus, severe dry eyes, and hard-to-fit prescriptions. These specialty contact lenses can be made for single vision, astigmatism, and multifocal prescriptions. For more information about Lumen Vision's contact lens services, our website is www.lumen.vision.
4: What if you could earn a degree that offers the best of both worlds, an MBA and a master's degree in philosophy? The University of Mary offers one degree that combines world-class business training with a careful study of life's deepest questions through their combined MBA, MA, and philosophy program. By earning one degree in both philosophy and business online, you will rigorously engage the big ideas needed to address professional challenges. Visit catholicprofessional.life.
1: Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We've been having a wonderful morning. I'm Janine Bitson.
2: And I'm Brad Gray.
1: And we are just so grateful you're joining us. We are currently visiting with Father Brian Gross from the Diocese of Bismarck. Uh, He's out close to Watford City, so Mm -hmm. I know you guys are going to get blasted sooner than we are with this snow coming, but (laughs) be safe and warm out there, everyone.
2: Yeah, so Father, right before we went to break, we were starting to talk a little bit about how, you know, it's actually... um, it seems to be very wise that, that God makes it so that we don't always experience uh, you know, emotionally or, or you know, sensibly um, something when we go receive the Eucharist, that, that oftentimes there's almost like an advent there where it, like the Lord um, puts us in a period of waiting, of, of not having, um, so that, that it can be about Him when He comes and not about our emotional experience. Could you kind of unpack that a little bit? Tell us a little bit about like, what's God doing there?
0: Yeah, I think you know, we can always, um, it's always helpful for us to understand our human relationships They help us understand our relationship with God, mm-hmm. and when you look at somebody who's preparing for marriage, I'll say to them, or a couple preparing for marriage, I'll say, you know, that initial experience of meeting the person you're going to marry was probably pretty emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, it certainly involves something like, you know, wow, look at her, she's really cute, you know, mm-hmm. and that's and that's how it starts. Um, so there's that sort of emotional connection. Um, but the little statement I always like to use is, if you emotion yourself into marriage, you're going to emotion yourself right out. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's just based on, on, on that, then it's it's not going to last for very long. And that can happen with our faith. You know, we might have this experience of Christ very powerfully in the Eucharist, you know, um, as we're maybe coming back to the Church or, or discovering... The reality of the Catholic faith for the first time, but if we don't dive deeper into the day to day, I'm staying with him. I'm loving him, even though I don't feel it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're really just kind of sitting on the surface, and and we know this that with our friends, um, you know, if they're just around us because we give them money or or uh, we give them some good food, et cetera, whatever that might be, you right. know, It's 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 gonna it's gonna kind of start to become something that isn't quite as real or as deep, and so, and so this distance that Jesus sometimes allows us to feel yep. between him and us, it's sort of like, a, are you going to draw closer to me, right? And that's good for the heart. Yes. You know, you were talking about Advent being that in a way. Um, the Lord allows us to experience this waiting. Waiting is a good thing. Um, I heard another person say, you know, during Advent we prepare for a birth, during Lent we prepare for a death. Mm-hmm. And you know, during Advent here, we're preparing for this birth, and what, what does a couple, what does a family get excited about? and hey, we're going to prepare the room. We're going to buy the things. We're going to, you know, tell people that we're going to send out pink. We're going to send out blue. you know, Gender reveal, these sorts of things. There's an excitement um, for the coming, but the coming only is, is exciting. It gets even more exciting when, we're, when we've done that, that appropriate preparation. We can imagine the child being born and the parents didn't do anything, right? What immediately happens? Anxiety. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, oh my gosh, what are, you know, we've got to get the room ready and all these sorts of things. So so the Lord allowing us to sort of experience, even as he's right there in front of us, um, a lack of feeling or emotion is good for the soul because it it, uh, it kind of helps us understand our motivations and, and gives us that opportunity to make that choice in love for him, uh, remembering, of course, he's never outdone in generosity.
1: Absolutely.
2: Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, Father. Like, there's one person that comes to mind as the model of preparation. I mean, she, uh, Our Lady, received Jesus in her womb for nine months, waited for him to be born. Uh, at various points throughout his his childhood, it talks about how she doesn't quite understand, and so she takes what he says and ponders it in her heart. Like this, her life seems to be uh, focused on this preparation for Jesus. Can you tell us a little bit about like, how is Mary this? essentially most Eucharistic personal in all of history
0: yeah well I think when, when at her Annunciation when she says let it be done to me according to your word mm-hmm. um I like to connect that to the moment when we receive the Eucharist the mass and we say amen
3: mm. uh
0: we're we're sort of saying the same thing that Mary said that's the intention right is Lord whatever it is that you want to do for me um however it is you want me to live, I'm I'm saying yes to that by receiving you. And so, you know, Mary's the most Eucharistic in in the sense that she is the most available uh to the Lord. She she is going to completely uh obey um in love uh what it is the Lord desires. And she's Eucharistic in the sense that she shows that the sacrificing of whatever desire she might have, that's a whole other question, but mm-hmm. uh, for the, the desire of God, is always going to be good. Huh? And we also have to think of what the word Eucharist means, it means Thanksgiving, and the Blessed Mother is going to be one, uh, a woman of, of extraordinary gratitude to God.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, and she mm-hmm.
0: proclaims that when she sings her Magnificat, right? My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, Et cetera, et cetera, right? And so, and so, um, you know, Mary is, is so eucharistic, in in her whole experience of of saying yes to the Lord, receiving Him, mm-hmm. being obedient to Him, um, and then the consequence of that is this is this rejoicing, this thanksgiving, um, this see, this seeking out uh, of good uh, for all of her children, of course, which is us. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just as you were talking right now, I just, I, I gotta tell you, Jeanine, I was just, I was struck by, we're Our Lady of Guadalupe, right? Yeah. And so Mary has this, this great uh, image, this revelation uh, to Juan Diego and to the bishop. And what does she ask for? She asks for a shrine to be built on this site. Why? So that the Eucharist can be celebrated, right? I mean, it's like she wants Jesus here.
1: Right, right. right. And it, and it is, it's so incredible because, you know, our church you know, it can have so much division, right? It's just like, well, this is the way it should be, or this is the way it should be. But when you look to Mary, it's her true humility that shows exactly how we should all be, right? And and it's she's always pointing to her son, mm-hmm. always pointing to the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The it's important too when we talk about you know you mentioned the word division. Um, the mystical body of Christ is not divided, right? Uh, but but certain people can make the decision to operate as if it is, as if she is. Mm. So so the the question I think is how is it that the Lord through the Eucharist is inviting me, is asking me to be more bonded, more connected to His mystical body, as opposed to somebody's idea of what the mystical body should be or is. Um, and those are very important distinctions, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I would be more Catholic or I'd be more faithful if the Church did this thing or acted that way. That's not the Blessed Mother. Right. That's, that's not who she is. She's like, yeah, the Church can be really in, in a really bad spot. And the stuff we read in the news and the people things, things that people say are the ones with the lot platforms. And me saying particular things, then the question is, is, is that really the Church? Is that really her son's mystical body? or is it just some guy or some lady who's saying some things about it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that's that's very important. we think we can certainly have our own opinions, and there's definitely things that we should have some conversations about, but at the at the at the core of our being, there's nowhere else to go. And I don't mean that in like, oh, shoot, there's nowhere
3: else to go. I mean that in... (laughs) No good option. (laughs) Praise
1: God, it's where we go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and that's what's so wonderful about the Eucharistic Revival. I'm so excited about this, and what a great time to really focus on it in Advent, and you know, that we are going to have these dry spells in our spiritual journey, but Father, you're so right. And the mystical body is not broken and never will be. And it's so beautiful how you're tying our Advent journey to the Eucharist.
2: Yeah. You know, Father, we're just coming to the last couple minutes here, but uh, on that point, how can we use Advent to develop a greater love and appreciation for the Eucharist?
0: Yeah, so I think um, one of the primary ways is go and spend time in adoration. Uh, go and spend extra time in uh, your churches before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, mm-hmm. and ask Him to give you that grace of experiencing where you have not yet met Christ in your life. Like, allow the Holy Spirit to draw that up in front of your your memory, your face, your heart, um, so that when the Lord comes at Christmas, you can experience that need being fulfilled. Um, our lives are just one big bunch of needs.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yes. laughs> That's what yes. we are. Yes.
0: Yeah. And 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 we are so quick to try to fill that need immediately, and everyone does it um, with all the stuff that maybe is under the tree, which is fine. But uh, to to really sort of allow the Lord to the Holy Spirit to really prepare the heart for the reception of the solution um, the, the person that, that satisfies um, our greatest need so I would just say don't be afraid of, of spending some time reflecting on where it is that you need especially to be healed to be forgiven and such and then have that expectation that the Lord will um, give you what it is you need most mm.
1: beautifully said yeah. I don't know what else we can say after <laughs> that <laughs> it, it is such a pleasure to have you Father Brian Gross and and uh, Boy, uh, your parishioners are very blessed to have you, and we're blessed to have you join us this morning on RPR.
2: Yeah. Uh, Father, we have like 45 seconds left. Are there any final thoughts that you wanted to share with the listeners? Yeah, I
0: I guess just as you kind of asked that final question, um, um, just always to expect more from Jesus than you think he's able to give you. Mm -hmm. There's always more, way more. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, At Christmas, expect more from Christ. Um, He loves you and he wants to um, satisfy every human need you have. I love it. Amen.
2: Father, um, well, I always love having a priest give us a blessing if you don't mind. Would you do that for us and our listeners?
0: Yeah. uh, The Lord be with you. And with With your your spirit. spirit. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
2: Amen. Amen. But we're not going to go in peace. We're going to stay here for more Real Presence Live right after this break. God bless.